So, Clay, here we are at the final short trek of season two, if you want to call these things a season. It's Children of Mars that we're going to be talking about, but... Merry Christmas, I guess, to everybody here. <laughs> it feels like we were talking about this before we started recording, but it feels like it's been a very long time since we did a Star Trek, even though it's probably been six days or something like that, but a lifetime in recording terms. Yes, I feel currently like a dead body, and I probably sound like one, too. Partied a little too hard to bring about the uh, 2020? Yeah, you know, by the, well, I feel like I wanted to re-come, come back to the podcast really sounding like a shock, a rock and shock DJ. <laughs> so I'm like- just going to really lead into it, guys, and it's going to be it's gonna be Star <laughs> Trek in the morning with Clay and Wes from now on. You sound a little um, bit like Randy Savage, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's fine. I, I don't know what it is about those guys, but all of their voices eventually end up in that register. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I apologize. I apologize in advance for how this is going to sound. Uh, I have finally understood what it is to be down with the sickness. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, 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 uh. So yes. let's. Um... I think. Oh, well, I believe that that's just him trying to clear his voice at the beginning of the song. <laughs> let's. Uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's kick off 2020 uh, or something similar to it by talking about Children of Mars. We're going to play some music and then we'll be back. Accessing library computer data. world doesn't always adhere to logic and sometimes when you're lost you're found as i said at the top this is the sixth and final of the second season of these things called short treks it's called children of mars it first aired on january 9th 2020 Written by Kirsten Bayer, Kirsten Bayer Alex Kurtzman and Jenny Lumet directed by Mark Pellington in this episode 12-year-old classmates Kima and Lil find themselves at odds with each other on a day that will change their lives forever. It's the lead into Star Trek Picard. This is the direct connection. Some might say it's an extended trailer for Star Trek Picard. But what about you, Clay? What do you say about this one? Well, um, the first thing that struck me about it, I, I thought the story itself was nice. It felt like, an, it felt like, uh, it felt like a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, yeah, you know, I feel, I feel like they do this shit every year during the Super Bowl, where they take a uh, an overdramatic song and then take an extended version of a of a commercial to tell the story that ends up being about sharing a, a Budweiser. Or yeah, something. yeah, Budweiser should be the advertisements on these little view screens that they've got all yeah. over the place. Like the the combination of the uh, of the the arguing kids and the use of the Peter Gabriel version yeah. of Heroes. The, uh, which the majestic is Clydesdales great. walking around in yeah. the background, yeah. Like, that version of Heroes is great, but I feel like there should be some sort of, like, glass you have to break over when it's appropriate to use it. Do you, like, do you like that version, actually? You like that? I think it's, I think it's good for... I think it's a good dramatic version of it. Because mm. it kind of takes... It takes the... the uh, the song and kind of recontextualizes it in a more dramatic way. Well, I mean, it's not for everybody, but I think there are certain. It feels tailor made for commercials and movie trailers. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think so. I I don't know if it's a. Um, I actually don't know if it's a good cover because while I'm all for uh, recontextualizing the meaning of a song, I don't know if you can really recontextualize the meaning of heroes in a lot of like the. Unless you're just saying that it's ironically singing what the lyrics of heroes are it feels like it's a pretty straightforward song in terms of what the like the level of emotion is that you're supposed to feel for it mm-hmm. um like it's a the lyrics to me are a very um like celebratory thing 
which makes its inclusion in this episode strange to me. It, it doesn't feel like it was, it's appropriate. No, I, I couldn't understand the, the use of it at all. Okay. Um, but you just like the version. You like the, the Gabriel-styled version of the song itself on its own. Yeah, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's appropriately used here, no. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, it felt kind of out of place. and I, Yeah, I, I don't know what the... Uh, I guess they can be heroes because they put away aside their differences. And but they're really far from heroes by the end of this. Like, no one's a hero yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, I don't know. It was kind of kind of weird. And also, the other thing that bugged me about it is um, hearing them talk about Mars on Star Trek feels really weird. Mm-hmm. It's too close to like, home, literally. Yeah. They never talk about planets in our solar system on Star Trek. It's like if... It's it's always Earth. It's never Mars. They never say the moon. You know, it's Star Trek has always I feel like they almost made a conscious choice when they started the concept of the show, not to mention planets people have heard of because it sounds too hack sci fi. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, because like it's like, oh, people are colonizing Mars and miners and shit. It's like, yeah, everybody does that. But I guess there's um, a um a level of ignorance there because a lot of I was actually I didn't realize you were gonna talk about that, but the I was looking at um star names on wikipedia recently mm-hmm. and a lot of the names of planets and systems they use in star trek are real stars it's just that we don't we don't yeah, acknowledge nobody ever them heard yet. of them though. yeah, yeah, nobody, yeah nobody knows that shit yeah right uh it's like what they hardly ever say the ones you have heard of like right. alpha centauri or like andromeda or some shit like that it's they get like, a lot you know, of use out of rigel rigel is always a big one and rigel's a real yeah, star cause, yeah because no one knows what that one is other than the fact that kang and kodos from the simpsons are from rigel four <laughs> um but it just at like Overall, it felt it didn't feel Star Trekky to me, other than the fact that Picard was in it. Sure, it there like everything else about it felt like pretty boilerplate sci-fi story. Like even the rogue synths, yeah, rogue bombing synths. Mi- bi- bombing uh, uh, the mining complex on Mars, ship bu- shipbuilding, ship that's the whatever, Utopia whatever Planitia shipyards, yeah. yeah, whatever it is, it just. I don't know. It felt kind of stock to me, and it, it almost once that that thing started, it almost felt kind of like a Rick and Morty episode a little mm-hmm. bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I mean, uh, showing showing Picard's face and having him react is like devastating. Is I don't know. Uh, it, it, not even I, not even a video of him. It's just an image, a still image yeah, of his face. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a little weird. Like again, it's like a nice little short about uh you know people with differences coming together or whatever but it's i don't know wasn't is it necessary i think it's um i think the story in and of itself is not it's like a step above ask not it's like the bare minimum that you can have as a story really mm-hmm. where they they don't show you anything that's going on uh like why these girls have this problem not that you need to explain what they're at odds with each other with but it's really just girls have a problem and then all of their parents are killed and then they become friends because they have something to bond over at that point yeah. or there's something greater that you have to fight against or you know we could be heroes by standing together and holding hands um sure like the the story itself is no great shakes my my major takeaway from this especially because it's so explicitly tied into Picard in the upcoming Picard series is that it looks like Picard is going to continue what you're talking about here, which is kind of an aesthetic to the new Star Trek series that I don't think I personally like. And I think I could argue isn't actually very good in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Like the, 
this this short in particular with the use of heroes the gabriel version it's like kurtzman's lust for melodrama overpowers a lot of this new stuff it's he Mm -hmm. loves um very dramatic music over very dramatic images of people like crying or dramatically turning their heads towards things and I think that his problem as a showrunner is that he confuses that for actual story in a lot of sense. Like, he thinks that just because you do this, you should be able to feel emotion about things. Sure. That's been a problem with Discovery, and I think it's the same problem here. It, it just feels like the the style that they choose to tell their stories in feels like it's a lot of um, luster without much soul to it underneath. And I just mm-hmm. wish it was a little bit more recalibrated in that way. How um how would you recalibrate this one? I think you just you just like I I because my my takeaway is that like this event where these uh, rogue data characters are going to be bombing Mars basically is going to be it seems like that's going to be key to Picard's story in the next mm-hmm. series. So when I saw when I saw Rogue since I thought like whoa maybe Rick Wakeman finally radicalized himself. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just a lot of eighty eighties music videos being bombed on uh, onto Mars. Like, I I just think that the event, like, it's almost distracting to have these girls kind of come together, really, because it feels like the event is something that's so shocking or devastating that I almost wish it was more just like a natural slice of life of, like, two friends that's going to school together. Uh, you know, like, and you're almost you're almost wondering, like, what's the, the point of this? It's just like a kind of friendship that they're showing on screen. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it becomes this thing of, like, oh this attack has happened and everything has kind of changed. Or you can show like an idyllic Starfleet Academy lifestyle then paired off against these androids that are bombing the fuck out of your planet. Um, I, I just feel that... I, I just feel that it, it doesn't really... I don't I like I I don't really understand how this story, if it is if it's even supposed to tie into Picard in a way that feeds into how you're supposed to feel about things because the the conflict between the girls is so um weak real like it's not really delved into or not really um interesting i guess in any way other than that they're just having a disagreement with each other it just it feels kind of trite i suppose would be the problem yeah that's fair um i it's um having no context whatsoever for the attack at the end feels difficult to square other than the fact that obviously it's a bad thing um with the little clues that it happens on the anniversary of first contact day they say rogue synths things like that um you know like it it, it, what's the point of this episode like this is really just an extended trailer for picard you know it's it's a trailer in the sense that it doesn't really have much meat to anything that's going on it's just supposed to get you excited for what's to come yeah it's kind of like uh do you remember that commercial they did for um, Arkham Origins, the Batman video game, a few years ago, where it was like a video game trailer of Bruce Wayne as a child and his parents getting killed and then him training. And like they kept cutting back to this like identical shot through time of him, you know, asserting himself and stealing himself to do X, Y, and Z. And it ends with him like you know, putting on the Batman hood and punching Deathstroke in the face or something. Yeah, yeah right. It felt kind of like that, where it's, yeah, it's like, it's it's more of like an emotional trailer. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. Like, uh, is I feel like the story that they're telling here 
anything could have happened at the end of that and you would have gotten the same result like it that you know it's it doesn't feel like it's the principal slips and falls down the stairs and breaks his neck and the girls like just sit there and yeah hold and they kind of look at each other and <laughs> chuckle and hold hands you know i don't know yeah it, it yeah. felt kind of like that where it felt uh the the actual uh lead into picard felt a little disposable to me yeah what do you um or like the, <laughs> excuse me sorry um like what if instead they both they go back to their lockers and they both open their lockers and they have like glamour shots of Picard in their locker, <laughs> and then they like they're like you me I oh I think we just became best friends. I love him too. He's fantastic. Yeah, it, I I would agree. It doesn't you know it 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 functions basically as a story. I can't criticize this like I can criticize Ask Not by saying like what was what was going on here. Like I I fully understand what was going on to the point where. Uh, it doesn't feel like there was really – there's almost not enough meat on its bones for eight minutes of stuff because the stuff that happens in the school is pretty uh, trite and simple, like girls tripping each other. It the And it's like 80% of it is in slow motion. So yeah, they, yeah. I don't think they literally <laughs> did have enough for eight minutes. <laughs> but it's also the – um, it continues this thing that's another part of the aesthetic of this series where – 12-year-old girls are throwing down like they're Rocky and Apollo in Rocky 1, basically. It's like, you know, they're throwing haymakers, and it's like, mm-hmm. I don't expect Star Trek to be real, but have you ever, has anyone ever seen young girls fight? Like, this is not the way that they fight each other. It it just takes you out of it a little bit. Hey, it makes you realize how how artificial a lot of the setting is. It's the future. You don't know how little girls fight in the future. Maybe they all train as, you know, kickboxers. From Jedi warriors slamming each other into the lockers and stuff like that. It's just... It's that kind of an aesthetic that I'm not really super crazy about. The other thing that I kind of struck me is that um, there maybe this is this is not going to be fair because you don't know how much time they have to do these things in the actual Picard series that's coming up. Um, you don't know how much time it takes, but the I feel like the style of ships are strange in terms of where you're supposed to be in the timeline. Um, yeah, again, would, uh, to to me, they felt stock sci-fi to me those ships that attack mars i mean they weren't like anything that i had seen but i'm not saying that like like you know in a positive way it right, just felt right. like a fairly stock sci-fi ship yeah and the the ships that are being constructed at um the shipyards just feel very stock standard very very mm-hmm. like um they're a little bit too they're a little bit too angular for this era of Star Trek, the way that I think. Like, when I think of what Picard era of Star Trek was, like, all the ships are kind of graceful looking. Um, sure. And it's an interesting aesthetic change that they've made to make them boxier, and they look more Discovery era than they do anything yeah. else. All the all the Picard era ships look like, you know, the, the 90s cor- uh, Camaro. Yeah. That yeah. apparently they designed in, like, a wind tunnel or something. So it's like <laughs> a lot of kind of, like, smooth, aerodynamic-looking sloping shapes and stuff. Yes. See... Not to be that guy again, because whatever, we're three seasons into Discovery. Clearly, they've made their choice. But what? Just set it. This looks exactly like Discovery. Set Discovery in the future. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have this problem then. Then you go into this going like, oh, I like how they kept the ships consistent with how they look in Discovery. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, you know that I, I, I you know, canon and all that kind of stuff is is fairly you know fluid with me but like it's just such an easy fix to a lot of structural problems yeah i mean for for me personally for this one i don't particularly care how they design the ships but on a on a 
on a, the level of me, I, I kind of feel like the, the CGI in the Irishman is kind of similar to this. It's like, I understand mm-hmm. what you're doing, but I don't think you're doing it well enough where I'm not distracted by what you've done. Sure. Like sure. I, I look at this and I go, what, what era are we supposed to be in? Like the ships don't look right for what kind of era that we're supposed to be. in. if this was discovery's time, I'd be like, Oh, this is a story from the past, but this is, this is 20 years after TNG or something right. like that. It's whatever years after TNG. So seeing things look different there while still having the same characters feels a little bit it takes you out of the um takes me out of it i suppose i can't get fully absorbed by the story that they're telling yeah i mean i i honestly didn't even realize that it was supposed to be the future until picard showed up on the screen right so you, you it looks very discovery-esque yeah yeah i don't know if that's intentional or not because it might be but i'm honestly not sure hmm. like i don't know if that was supposed to be a twist at the end where it's like oh shit it's picard you know I, yeah it, yeah because yeah, everything the aesthetic of everything feels like Discovery. Uh, they continue doing that thing where it's like in the future, every, every living or every living or communal space is heavily overdesigned and made out of concrete. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, those are all I assume real places, which is fine. But they all they clearly have a an aesthetic that they're going for that they've continued over from there. Not a lot of decoration on the walls of any place that you ever go to. It's just bare walls with a CGI hologram. Uh, yeah, where are all the where all the photographs with the holofoil frames on them? <laughs> they they do have a lot of photographs in the girls' apartments as they open this. I noticed there were actual Kodak like pictures uh, hanging on the walls, which is a nice. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I I I don't think there's really much else to say about this. I view it as an extended trailer for Picard. It wasn't the worst of these things, but it also didn't knock my socks off. So mm-hmm. I guess we can just wrap it up by um, how do you feel about Picard at this point? Not the character, but the series that's coming. Um, I haven't I haven't really done much digging into more the more promotional stuff that's been coming out. Um, I like I, I didn't read that variety interview. Uh, I haven't really fall. I've I watched the most recent trailer, but that's about it. I I'm the same. I'm ca- I'm optimistic, but uh, you know I'm kind of not holding my breath on it. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm um I'm starting to to become looking forward to it more i suppose like i'm starting to get excited as it's approaching i guess i'm still yeah gonna stay relatively grounded but i am excited for the series to start just because i it's a new star trek series that i'm actually i i feel like there's potential in where they're going to go with the setting and the idea like i i feel like what i know about the plot seems like it has a lot of potential but that doesn't mean that it'll be executed well but i am i am starting to get a little bit excited for it yeah, I mean, I'm you know, I I was uh, with the last trailer once once Riker showed up, I was like, all right, yeah, I'm a, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it looks Washing like I hands. don't. It was only um, one quick clip in I think the last uh, short trailer, but did they dial back the Data's face CGI? They've I, finished it. They've done additional work on it, and he he looks more like Brent Spiner at this point. So they they oh. either de CGI'd him or they did better work on the CGI to make it look more natural. Okay, because yeah, I the, the the thing that I saw, I couldn't tell if it was they had finished doing the work or they just said ah fuck it and let him just be Brent Spiner. They they might have said just fuck it and let Data look old, I guess, because yeah, he does yeah. look natural like that. But I. I, I I have kind of a contrary take to that. I the more I see fake looking data, the more I like him in a lot of ways. Like he okay, yeah, I see. I know what you mean. Yeah. Like his um, I think it's important for data to not just act 
unhuman, but I, I like to have a little bit of an uncanny valley thing with data where you look right. at him and you're like, this is not this is not a real person. But then have have the 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 problem with the character be that his like his soul, for lack of a better word, is human, but he doesn't mm-hmm. look or act that way, really. Right. right. And I, I think that aids the character. So when they just show you old Brent Spiner with silver face makeup on, it's kind of like I liked him when he looked a little bit weirder. Like I, I, I felt that was an appropriate update where I could put that as headcanon into that's how he looks in TNG's universe. They just didn't have the makeup to portray it. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I guess it all. I guess it all depends on what you're trying to do. What they are trying to do with the the effect, right? Like if they're just trying to make him look young, then it feels really weird. But yes. if they are trying to do that, where they're trying to give a bit more of an artificial sheen to him, I think it would it could take a little bit getting used to. But I, I agree. I think that's probably the, uh, the right way to do it. Um, I. Uh, I would I would like to I would hope there was a voice in that room who was like, eh, what if instead of trying to just make him look young, we try to make him look more fake? So it's not, yeah. you know, so you don't get caught in that weird for that Irishman thing where it's like, yeah, this sort of works, but yeah, not really. Right. How old um, are they supposed to be? Right. You're not yeah, thinking about it. Speaking of, yeah. did you see that clip of um, a guy took uh, or girl? I don't know who it was took uh, footage from the Irishman and ran free deep fake technology over it. No. And it looks, oh my God, it looks 100% better. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those really depressing things where it's like Netflix or whoever spent $200 million on this movie trying to make 75-year-old Robert De Niro look like he's 55 but with, you know, a better hairline. And this guy, just the, whoever this was, took a free deep fake software and took seven days and redid redid like maybe five to six minutes of the movie and it looks uh, unbelievable but what what did he do to them i don't know what the i don't know what the software how it works but but how do how do they look like what what's the difference they they look like young versions of the the actors oh so he just amplified he didn't didn't de-age them or something like that he he just amplified he made the effect look better yeah, what he did was, uh, I assume what he did, is he took, the, he ran footage of young Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci and Al Pacino through whatever the software is and mapped that face onto the Irishman face. Gotcha, yeah. And it looks fantastic. Hmm. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, if I was, I don't know if people are, if, if the studios are pushing it back against this technology because of the horrifying implications of it, because it is pretty horrifying when you see what people can do with it. <laughs> But um, yeah, I would be like, man, yeah. Next time, if you could do like a, you could do like a, a a small budget movie and have this technology work if you've got the right combination of things, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess we're done with Star Trek Picard's Children of Mars, the lead in to this one. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a stock fairly stock standard episode, short trek. I guess I, it didn't get me tremendously excited. It didn't offend me like it did. Ask not. Uh, did. Which one was that? I can never remember. Why can't Ask Not is the one where Pike and the cadets are in the room screaming oh, regulations yeah. at each other. Yeah, <laughs> this um, I think the second season of these short tracks has actually been worse than the first season. Uh, the first season felt like they were trying yeah. to do something, and this one just generally didn't. Is my take well, away from it? You know, I think what the problem is with the second season of them is they are uh, they're kind of. Well, you know, you would think this would be a plus, but I feel like they've got too many irons in the fire at the same time. 
So like instead of the first one where it's like, all right, let's do five shorts that sort of flesh out the world of our show. Of discovery. Um, of discovery, yeah. Uh, and succeed or fail, but have a fairly uniform take on things. This one, it's like, well, you got to do Picard. You got to do Pike. Uh, we got to do a cartoon for some reason. These are more. Uh, these know. are more obviously advertisements. I feel because they're they're selling yeah. each show on its own. Yeah, it almost some of them almost feel like uh, to s- steal a term from Dave. They feel like fan films almost, mm-hmm. where it's like CBS put out the call and eight different filmmakers came in with five. You, shorts you could direct that, you know? the next Doritos ad. Yeah, you at could the Super direct Bowl. the. You could direct the next Star Star Trek short. We're not going to pay you, and we're not going to credit you, but you could do it. <laughs> <laughs> exposure we pay you with exposure yeah every the artists uh the most valuable currency in the artist's wallet the clarion call of the artist <laughs> i guess that's pretty much it for yeah children of mars they i would agree it's kind of a a week or second series of these that felt more like ads and this one felt fine but we'll see i'm i'm it didn't get me more excited for picard but it didn't dampen my excitement i guess for that series so we'll see when it comes out uh that's it thank you guys for listening Hope you enjoyed the content. If you did, you can support the show at patreon.com slash Lipensky file. It's the best way to do it. A couple dollars a month gets you extra stuff. And we also like to thank our captain tier supporters, Andrew Cherlog, Ben Douglas, Captain Court, Cardinal Doomsday, Christian Michaels, Christian Pouch, Darth Moss, David Beardmore, Devin K, Dwayne Hackett, Eric Johnson, HH28, Yarpy, Jeffrey Koch, Joint Mango, Jordan Cooper, Kevin Reyes, Kyle Barrett, Mad Courier 6, Mad Cutler, Matt Ross, Mike Burnett, Nathan Elliott, Neil Brennan, Nick Sergi, Robert Cummins, Russell Elwood, Samuel Custer, Grim Santo, <gasps> Sean Spinobi, Tark Latif, Tom Hiles, Vault 13 Hero, and Will Yates. Thank you very much. I think that's pretty much it. We're going to be back with... um. Can you can you play that Peter Gabriel version of heroes underneath you saying those names? Because they're, they're the real heroes. <laughs> I want to. If only there was an easy way to make the MP3 of these not be more work than the YouTube video. That would be something I would do. But they're definitely going to – Peter Gabriel is definitely a blocker on YouTube. I know that much. Um Let's see here. I think that's because you chip. keep trying. To, you keep trying to use sledgehammer in every video we do. <laughs> it's so it's you so appropriate. <laughs> Our fruit uh, fetish is really just coming through strongly on the, the podcast. Listen, Clay, this podcast really needs the song Bico in the background, okay? <laughs> when I pitched you, you doing this show full time, I did say you could be king and I could be queen and yes. <laughs> forever and ever and ever with the dolphins. Let's see. I think we're done here. I think I'm going to put up a uh, an update video about what to expect in the podcast for the year going forward. So if that hasn't come out yet, uh, you can look forward to that. It definitely hasn't come out yet, so that'll come out soon. That'll give people an update about where the podcast is going to go for the next couple months, what series we're going to be covering, and things like that. Uh, let's see. I guess that's it. Clay, do you have anything you want to say, or should we just wrap it up? Uh, no, I don't think so. We get the um, Kelvin movies coming up soon, right? Yes, we have the Kelvin movies. We'll try to f- get those done before... Picard sneaks in. It's only two weeks till Picard, which is the shocker, but we do at least have the first and second one, I think, being possible to be done. Uh, So the Kelvin movies are coming out. I think that's it. Guys, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. 